Welcome, everybody, to the Sports Predictor Podcast. I'm your host, Al Walsh, and we are brought to you by SportsPredictor.com, where professional bettors share their best plays. Get the winning edge by subscribing to the Sports Picks packages from long-term winning bettors. Once again, that's SportsPredictor.com. Also, make sure you give us a follow on Twitter, at PredictorHQ. Once again, that's on Twitter, at PredictorHQ. On tonight's episode, we're going to be talking about the Super Bowl with our pal Chris Dawson. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter, at CashGritty. Uh, Chris! Or how excited are you for the big game? I, I think that's probably an easy answer. Oh yeah, I think it's um, yeah, it's definitely a, a great game around the corner, and uh, I think we have uh, two of the best teams, or at least two of the three best teams that um, that performed this past season. So I'm very excited to uh, see what happens on Sunday evening. So uh, all in all, uh, for the regular season playoffs, uh, what, what did you end up tallying with going into the big game this season? Um, it was actually one of the worst seasons I've had in oh, the last damn. five you years. Know, it's probably my fault. I, I, I have that effect on people. Uh, I don't really think that was the case. But uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, it was still um, a profitable season. That's good. Most notably, thanks to um, Moneyline Underdogs, as I did uh, have a win percentage that was below 50%. But we are in the green heading into the Super Bowl, looking to close out um, another profitable NFL season. So at the end of the day, no complaints. That's good. That's good. So when when you're... You know, I get my next question was, you know, any big takeaways from the season, but I guess we can kind of parlay this one into that. But when you when you pick these underdogs uh, on the money line to win outright, is there a particular thing that you're looking out for? Because, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I know a lot of people uh, are thinking that the 49ers can get this done. So is there is there something that you could take from these regular season games where you're betting these big uh, underdog on the money line and, and any way that you could apply it going forward? Um, well, not in regards to the Super Bowl matchup, you know, especially this year with it being um, pretty closely contested in regards to the market. And, you know, it's not a, a big um, underdog in regards to this game. So sure. I don't know if there's much that we can correlate going into uh, finding some value on Sunday. Um, for me, it's it's about being in, you know, um, expected plus expected value and every game needs to be handicapped accordingly. So, you know, I can't really say there's much that I would recommend taking into next year um, for the simple fact is, you know, next year may not be the same market and uh, may not have the same exact opportunities as we did see this past season. I don't have any, you know, stats or or metrics right in front of me, but um, I think not just for me, but I think the uh, money line underdogs, um, overperformed some in uh, 2019, and that could be the case next year, but maybe not. Um, it's a long time between now and then. Of course, every day is a new day, so it'll, you know certainly be interesting to see what goes on there. Uh, in terms of the big game, uh, you know the Super Bowl. Any any like big plans that you got, or any traditions that you have each year? Um, no, I don't really have much consistency in, in how uh, I watch the Super Bowl. I've, you know, have years where um, very tight circle watching at home and, of course, have attended, you know, uh, other people's parties, have, have VIP sports books and, and spent Sundays there. Um, as for this year, it's going to be uh, pretty simple. Um, not much of a party 
going to hang around, watch it with the uh, the wife, and my adult son is flying in from out of town to okay. enjoy the game. And so it'll be uh, it'll be kind of a uh, I guess quiet evening in regards to the um, to the partying. It'll be all about the game. Nice, nice. So uh, yeah, I'm going to be going over. So my best friend's aunt usually puts together a nice little thing. So, uh, not in addition to, you know, watching the game, have a little cornhole, uh, a little left, right, center going on. I got some other card games. So it's just like a total day of gambling. So I, I am, I cannot wait. I mean, I guess I would have to add in this actually. I think <laughs> one thing that usually happens on Super Bowl Sunday is the hype is, um, you know, they start the, the pre gaming, of course, the night before. So, uh, a couple hour nap sometime in the afternoon just to pass <laughs> some time and get a little closer to game time. If, if I would have to say there was any consistent tradition, uh, it might be, um, you know, getting pre hyped into exhaustion and then taking a couple nap to close the window between the uh, morning and kickoff. Nice. Yeah, I, I'm going to probably need a nap myself. I got the lady's birthday the day before the Super Bowl. Oh, so, no. <laughs> yes. You know, we got a big day in New York City plans and everything. So, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm either going to have to get a really good night of sleep or I'm going to have to, you know, catch a nap somewhere in between the left, right, center and the game or something like that. So, uh, definitely, definitely looking forward to all that. Um, in terms of the Super Bowl matchup, is this the one that you wanted to see or was there one out there that, you know, we feel like kind of missed their chance? I know, obviously, you might say the Packers since I know that we both had them, uh, there in the conference championship, but, uh, any particular matchup that you were looking forward to? Um, well, I, I had the, the Packers pegged the win, uh, the championship game, but um, although that was the case, I do think that the the 49ers are overall the better team, and and in regards to being a Super Bowl matchup um, for enjoyable purposes, I I'm glad that the 49ers uh, got past the Packers in that regards. Um, I do think that we have uh, two of the three best teams, with the other one being Baltimore. Um, so as long as it was Baltimore, the Chiefs, uh, com- you know, one of those two combined with, of course, the 49ers or, you know, even if it would have been the Saints or the Packers would have been fine with me. I just kind of wanted to avoid having anyone slip in there like, um, like Tennessee, you know, like Houston or Tennessee <laughs> or something like that. And uh, having where we have a large favorite against the dog. So I do think that we have two highly competitive teams and um, they both are very deserving to be here. So I don't think we'll hear any complaining this week of, you know, or after the game of you know what would have happened if the Packers or the Saints or somebody else would have been there. I think both of these teams um, are, are deserving of being there and, and either one, you know, has a chance to win the game, of course. Yeah, I, you know, to be quite honest with you, like I, you know, I didn't really think about it until you just said it. But you know, with Houston in there, I, I'm kind of interested to see, you know, what Deshaun Watson could do on these big stages. Obviously, they got out to the 24 nothing lead in Kansas City in the divisional round. But I mean, this is a guy whose college coach uh, basically told all the NFL teams, "Hey, if you're passing up on this guy, you're passing up on Michael Jordan." So, you know, obviously, he had he was the guy who who finally. Uh, you know, got that win against Alabama in the big game initially for Clemson. So, you know, that I'm interested to see what he could do going forward in the future, although it's going to be a very tough hill to climb there with Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, you know, going to be there for so long. I think the biggest thing that will hold Sean Watson back is um, we'll continue the Bill O'Brien bashing. <laughs> so um, he can play as well as he wants, but um, he, he has uh, um, a bigger – bigger issue than facing Mahomes or Lamar Jackson and, and that's um that's being able to win with an inadequate head coach. So 
either way, they're not here, and uh, the Chiefs and the 49ers are, and I think, um, as I uh, said before, that these are the two best teams, and they've obviously proved that, especially San Fran really closing the door on the Packers. Uh, definitely solidified the fact that they're the best team in the NFC. Well, i got to go off script a little bit since you mentioned it, but uh, were there any you know, off-season coaching moves that you really liked or disliked? Um, let me, uh, give me a second to ponder. All right. I'm not real happy with the, you know, the Cleveland Browns and, and, and their, uh, sure. their hire. Um, and the, I guess we can't say that, you know, the, the gentleman won't perform, um, just because of, you know, having Freddie Kitchens with no head coaching experience and how that worked out. And then basically to pick a very similar candidate, especially when we combine that with the fact that Gary Kubiak was hired to replace um, Stefanowski in Minnesota. I think Gary Kubiak could have been a better hire for the Cleveland Browns sure. to be the head coach if he was willing to take that job. Um, not not real high on that. Uh, also, you know, the Giants in a similar situation with hiring Judge from New England didn't like that so much in the beginning, but I do like the staff that he's put together and with Jason Garrett as offensive coordinator, maybe things will work out well there and uh, maybe they did make the right decision. So kind of down on the Browns and uh, eventually wasn't liking the the Giants hire, but um, because of the staff he's putting together, uh, I, I think it may have been the, the right move. Even Freddie Kitch on that, uh, on that Giants staff too is the uh, tight ends coach. Yeah, he's bringing in a very good staff. Um, so, again, wasn't real high on him being hired, but he's making the right decisions to start out with, and I think that's going to pay dividends next year for the Giants. Sure. Yeah, I know all my people here in the Jersey area are very excited to see uh, you know, what a new era Giants football is going to bring in. So we'll all be watching for sure. All right, let's get to the Super Bowl itself. Uh, we've got the Chiefs tagged as one-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, we've got a total of 54-and-a-half on this game. Now, initially, I noticed this total was 51, 51-and-a-half at some uh, books. Um, you know, and then the over just started getting absolutely hammered by everybody. Uh, just listening to a couple of different interviews and shows this week, uh, people are still willing to take the over on that 54-and-a-half there. So I guess let's let's start with the the actual uh, the actual spread on this game, and then we'll get to the total. But uh, I think you kind of alluded to it a little bit. But uh, going Niners sir? Going what? Going with the Niners sir? I still didn't catch that. With the 49ers? Oh no no no! I'm I'm definitely on the Chiefs. Okay, all right. Yep, definitely on the Chiefs. Um, I just believe you know the offense and the consistency of that. Coupled with Andy Reid uh, coming off the bye week, we'll have the offense scoring enough points to get the job done. But my main angle here isn't so much on what everyone else is focused on, which is the big matchup of the high-powered Kansas City Chiefs offense against the very formidable San Francisco defense. What I really like most about this matchup and where I'm seeing an edge is in the Kansas City Chiefs defense up against the San Francisco 49ers offense. Um, as we, ju as I just said, we hear a lot about Andy Reid and his ability off of a bye week to scheme up a great offensive game plan. I feel like Steve Spagnola has that same quality in him. 
and then also being able to find a lot of things out of the tape in the Green Bay Packers game and what the 49ers did. I believe that the Chiefs' defense is going to give San Francisco fits, and the way that they are going to do that is by disguising their front seven, especially on run plays of you know third and shorts of third and four and under. I would expect that we're going to see um, a mix in the front seven that Spagnola will show them in regards to not having a lot of down linemen, possibly even having zero down linemen, having the front seven with their hands off of the ground. And what that will do is allow their veteran players like Terrell Suggs and Ragland and uh, who's the other linebacker I'm drawing a blank. Um, <laughs> but either way, I'm trying to think Chris of the Jones? veteran guy. Chris Jones? Nah, I'm looking at um, – he must not be on the MVP list I have. But either way, what I believe that they're going to do that the Packers did not do is attack that zone running scheme. And how they're going to do that is basically disguise who is coming and who is not coming and then attack those running gaps running downhill. This will leave some exposure to possibly some big run plays by San Francisco, but I also think that we'll see a good mix of tackles for a loss there as well. And I think that um, my main play on this is actually the San Francisco 49ers team total under 26 and a half. Interesting. interesting. So, yeah, one of the things that I, that I looked at, I mean, we're going to get into the props after we talk about the actual game, but – um, one of the things that I noticed was that Raheem Mostert, his uh, over-under for uh, rushing yards, like, where the heck are we here? Um, where is he? He's only at 77 and a half, right? So that's kind of an interesting number. You're kind of putting him in no man's land there. But again, it's also alluding to the fact of, all right, is he going to have a big day or is he not going to have a big day? So to see him at 77 and a half, and again, I think a lot of people are going to look at this Chiefs defense as, you know, when you look at the overall statistics, yes, they might not be that great against the run, but this team made drastic improvements in the second half of the season. And, you know, also, you know, through the, through the playoffs, they did a fantastic job against Derrick Henry, holding him to under a hundred yards. Uh, so yeah, so I certainly lean that way as well. Um, now in terms of, I guess the passing off, like the way that you describe it, that's probably going to put you know, more, more onus on Jimmy Garoppolo to, to throw the ball in this situation. And that's something that the Niners really haven't asked him, asked him to do a lot this postseason. Uh, you kind of feel like maybe he's a little rusty in that regard or what's your thoughts there? Well, similar to what we said last week with the green Bay game, we just haven't seen him play under these high pressure situations in games. Um, he was able to not have to show us again against Green Bay w what he's going to look like uh, in crunch time or third and longs and very um, in drives that will have you know high probability on dictating the game. So I do think that the Chiefs will be able to uh, slow down that San Francisco run game, and then we'll get to see you know how good Garoppolo is throwing the ball under uh, intense pressure in regards to a you know mental and emotional standpoint. And um, also to go along with the um, no down linemen being able to stop the run, I think that we're going to see a lot of this from Spagnola on third downs, not just in short run situations, but also in passing situations. 
Uh, one of the things he is the master at is being able to bring pressure without you understanding or knowing where it's coming from pre-snap. And because of you know Grappolo's lack of experience, we'll see how he's able to adjust and if he's able to make the pre-snap adjustments to pick up those blitzers to where he does not know where they're coming from. Um, if they're able to run the ball like they did against Green Bay, which I don't think they will, then of course none of this will matter. But <laughs> if not, then, then it'll finally be time for us to see what Jimmy Garoppolo is really made of. Yeah, you talk about Steve Spagnola, of course, you know, pulled off uh, probably the greatest uh, upset in Super Bowl history there as the defensive coordinator of the Giants. So uh, it'd be very interesting uh, to see what he dials up here. All right, let's – um. now this is interesting too, right? So in a game that has such a, a low spread here, one and a half, uh, does it go without saying if you like a particular team to just go with the money line or do you feel like – all right, maybe this game will be pretty damn close. We might need that point and a half. Well, um, they set it at a point and a half because San Francisco is is very capable. And I think there are some people who uh, may be thinking that if the Chiefs win this, then it's going to be because Mahomes is on fire. And like the games that they normally win, it'll be a runaway. Um, it could be a close game. I, I do have the Chiefs winning uh, by, you know, I think over a score, so more than seven. Uh, saying all that, I do respect the 49ers and really not looking to sell off points or take any of the um, alternate point spreads for the simple fact it is the Super Bowl. Uh, a lot of pressure. You know, we've seen the better team or the better offense or defense, however you want to word it, not show up or just basically be out schemed and not have the time to react to that. Uh, so I, I do think it's uh, better off just to. Get at get in and out of there with the Chiefs at as low as possible, but um, we've seen the one move down to or move up to a one and a half. I think the difference between paying what the money line would be off of that's probably like minus one twenty five or something uh, compared to giving up the the one and a half at um, minus one ten is is a better bet just to give up the points and, and move on. Um, if we get to where the Chiefs are winning this game and a last-second field goal to win by one, then it just wasn't handicapped properly to begin with. All right. Uh, all right, let's get to the total on this one, of course. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, people just going to town on the over in this game, <coughs> still taking the over there at 54.5. We might even see it jump up a little more before kickoff. Uh, I know you like the San Francisco team total to go under. But uh, do you think the, the Chiefs can add a little more onto the fire and get this total over 54 and a half? Uh, I would lean towards the, the under, but um, because of Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid and, and what they've shown us against uh, playoff caliber teams this season, um, still still don't want to bet against them. I do believe that the 49ers will, will not get their half of the number. But who's to say that, you know, Mahomes doesn't light them up for four or five, six touchdowns and uh, get this themselves, um, you know, minus giving up 10 or to San Fran or something like that. So I, I would lean the under, but I still think that the better play is the uh, San Francisco team total under. Okay, I like that. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, nobody likes betting the under, right? Like that's especially if, you know, I know it's a different different sport but like if you take the under in a basketball game you're basically hating on human activity for 48 minutes but you know do, taking the under in a Super Bowl is always something that I think people would cringe at but in general 
I mean, unders are usually the the more profitable play, no? Um, well, I, I, I think it's hard to think in absolutes like that in regards to, you know, overall, let's say that unders are more profitable than overs or underdogs more profitable than favorites. I think every game needs to be uh, handicapped on a case-by-case basis. And um, San Fran showed last week, you know, what they're capable of doing with just the run game and not the pass game. And then, of course, you know, we've already said that the Chiefs are are able to possibly get to that number themselves if they really get clicking on offense. I think another angle in regards to a Super Bowl over under is this is all or nothing. So if um, if you're someone and you're on the under, it definitely would be a stressful day, even if you kind of get uh, ahead in value early in the game. Um, if we see either team really start to pull away, then we know it goes all or nothing, and the other team is going to be bringing zero blitz or you know package zero blitzing, and also really chucking the ball downfield. So um, if the game stays tight, I think it'll it'll more than likely lean towards the under. But if either team starts to really run away with it, uh, we could see a really explosive second half. So it's interesting, like. You know, in terms of betting, I always have it stapled in my memory what the opening line or the opening total is. So that 51, you know, what they initially came up with, I mean, does that does that mean anything to you? Like, I, obviously, people coming in, you know, hammering the over, it's a Super Bowl. That's, you know, that's just what people want to do. But does that initial total of 51 mean anything to you? No, I think it's, um, again, I think it's a pretty sharp number. You know, that puts us right in that window of a, of a game that's going to be around, you know, 25 to 7 or 25 to 27 points apiece, which is, you know, four or five scores a team. And uh, I think it's a pretty sharp total for these two teams. Um, and that goes back to, you know, I, I really wouldn't want to put any money on it either way. Um and it goes back to where, I mean, it's just too scary to bet, a, to bet an under against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid coming off of a one-week rest yeah. against any defense. Yeah, that, and I'm glad you mentioned that too. But these are two of the best coaches with uh, time to prepare, you know, here in Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid. So I am really looking forward to uh, to see, you know, who gets the better of who in that matchup. All right, let's get to the prop bets, right? Because we are humans and we can't just bet on one thing, right? We're, we're, we got the hamster on the wheel here. We got to have all sorts of different action and direction going out there. So, uh, were there any particular prop bets that stood out to you? Um, just a very few. Um, you know, of course, there's, uh, there's so many that it would take, uh, it takes days and days and weeks, but, (laughs) I, I have scanned back through. I'm not real, real, real big on props, but whenever they offer this many, there is a chance to to find some some value in there. Um, I'm kind of siding with the Chiefs in, in all things. That's just where uh, all my research has been kind of leading me is into the uh, Chiefs winning this game with an emphasis on defense. Um, so saying all that, uh, two prop bets in regards to player props that I like. Um, first one being uh, Trevarius Ward for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I was able to find his uh, total tackles at an over-under of four and a half. Okay. Because of what I said earlier in regards to Kansas City's defense 
playing downhill and attacking the zone blocking run gaps, I do believe that we'll see San Francisco being forced to run the ball to the outside more and more as this game goes on. Um, he is a plus efficiency tackler, and I believe that the four and a half is a uh, is a low number and that that total goes over. Okay. Over four and a half for Trevarius Ward and tackles. And uh, I was actually able to get the uh, over four and a half at plus 125. Yeah, I'm looking at that right now uh, on DraftKings Sports. But I've been, you know me, I'm a FanDuel guy, but uh, DraftKings has been offering some ridiculous deals over the last couple of days. Like last night, they just had uh, uh, over 51 for a call, the Indiana-Penn State game. So I was like, okay, great. So yeah. they've been doing a lot of that stuff. And I think that's because, you know, Barstool just signing that deal with Penn National. I think they're trying to keep a lot of people... Yeah, you know, involved with their book over there. But yeah, uh, I see it over here, one, uh, plus 120 for over four and a half here for Javarius Ward. So that is a uh, certainly a nice one there. I like that a lot. Uh, and a little, I guess just to add a little bit more to that and what led me to it, um, I was really focusing in on uh, the safety play of Kansas City was my first look. I liked uh, originally liked Swanson and uh, the Honey Badger both at their over five and a half. Okay. But I didn't feel like they could both get there after watching. So I was trying to determine which one would have the higher probability of getting there. But after watching more and more of the uh, Kansas city tape and having more expectation and, you know, guesswork into what Spagnuolo is going to do. Um, I do think that we see him disguising a lot of looks and we'll expect to see Swanson in coverage uh, more than most people think, just in a way to confuse Garoppolo. And we could also possibly see uh, Honey Badger spying and playing a little bit of corner as uh, Travarius Ward and possibly even Breland, who isn't quite as good as a tackler being more involved in stopping the run game. And again, this is just more to confuse the uh, zone blocking scheme of the San Francisco offensive lineman. I like that. I like that. So I got a lot about the honey badger because he's got some very juicy props going on out there. So I, I that that noise that you heard in the background, that was because I went to ESPN and their website sucks. But uh, <laughs> when I when I go to check out the game log here for the honey badger, uh, five of his last seven games, he's got at least five tackles. So I definitely like that. But the one number I was looking at was actually Honey Badger uh, interception prop. So that's uh, plus 800 out there for the folks. And I saw that one on DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, again, with everything that you said about, you know, Kansas City, uh, you know, kind of, you know, taking this run game away from the 49ers. Do you, do you think that that's a, a solid bet there? No, actually, I don't. <laughs> right. um, and and I, I think it, it's a little bit of a trap. And I think this is, um, and again, this is, you know, a lot of guesswork in me trying to put myself in Spagnola's uh, head and, and creating confusion again to uh, Garoppolo and, and the run game. Uh, I think a lot of people are expecting that we're going to see, you know, the honey badger and coverage against Kittle. And we're going to see the Honey Badger playing center field. And we're going to see Swanson uh, in the box attacking the run game. I think Spagnola is going to create some confusion here. And we're going to see quite the opposite. Okay. I think we're going to see the Honey Badger on some safety blitzes. I think we're going to see him being very relentless in attacking uh, some of the zone blocking gaps. And as a confusion tactic, I think we're going to see Swanson in a lot of coverage um, against Kittle in the middle of the field and also in the flats. 
So in that regard, and again, I mean, Honey Badger is one of the most fascinating players in the entire league. So his prop bet to get a sack in this game, it's just he just has to get one, and it's uh, plus 700. So would you lean more that way? I would lean more towards the sack than the interception. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so. I would, I would also look to Swanson. To, I, I don't have in front of me, but if you can find an interception prop for Swanson, I do think he's more likely to get an interception. Um, for the simple fact is he'll have more volume. Uh, this will this will likely, when the tape comes rolling through that first quarter, there will, will be somebody in the San Francisco press box or whatever you would call coaching box up yeah. there, and he's going to be watching this, and they're going to start looking to attack Swanson. And that's where the chess match comes in of what Spagnola does. But I think that he'll have a lot more balls thrown towards him than the Honey Badger. Okay. And again, to allude back to Garoppolo, uh, it only takes one to sell or one to fall short or right or left. And, um, you know, Swanson just as capable of uh, catching a ball that hits him in the chest as the honey badger. I like that. Yeah, so I, I check out uh, – so I I guess the odds change from when I when I first looked. But now I see Matthew at plus 385 to get a, uh, an interception. Sorensen at plus 575. And Sorensen is actually, actually has the third best odds – of anybody listed here uh richard sherman of course at number two uh with plus 475 and of course you know he's gonna he's gonna get higher odds because of his name there but um but yeah interesting to see that and i think the interception for you know honey badger if if you were able to find it earlier at a much higher number and you see it coming down um i think it's the same angle that you was originally thinking People are expecting the Honey Badger to be the center fielder and uh, be on Kittle a lot, but I, I just don't see that. I think it's, um, it, you know, there's not enough being masked there, and uh, I don't think Spagnola wants to do anything that the 49ers can count on happening. I like it. I like it. See, I love I love these talks, Chris. You, you talk me out of some bad bets. I love it. You're the film guy, so Chris Dawson, everyone. Everyone give a round of applause. Thank you. Thank I like you. it. I like it. All right, so – you know, obviously we'll get into some more prop bets, but I just want to, one that I think is pretty interesting is George Kittle. Um, I like a lot of his stuff across the board. I know five and a half is his catch prop. Uh, I believe 73 and a half is his total yardage prop. Kansas City allowed the third most receptions to tight ends this season or during the regular season with 96. Uh, we saw a couple guys. I had Johnu Smith. Uh, who I, I took him in a prop bet in the AFC uh, championship game. He got uh, he had that one big catch. He almost scored it. I had him both ways. I had him with a touchdown and yardage. Uh, I'm sorry, with, with the touchdown and catches. He got the two catches in garbage time, which uh, hooked me up nicely. But he almost got a touchdown there himself. So it it's going to be tough because I know you have a lot of love for this Kansas City defense. And again, with everything you're saying, we're probably going to see San Francisco throw the ball. Uh, how do you feel about Kittle and, and his catches and yardage prop at? Um, I, I don't really have a, a strong feeling about it either way. Um, again, like you just said, I, I really uh, honed in on Kansas City here, but there will certainly, you know, I, I don't see them blanking San Francisco or, or shutting them down for completely right. four quarters and not giving them nothing. Um Saying all that to say this, you know, I, I haven't been able to find much in regards to the San Francisco side that I'd be willing to put, you know, even some some change on. Um, but you know, Kittle is a dangerous player, and there's a good possibility that, uh, you know, he'll be the one that's able to put up some stats. Um, 
there will be some mismatching in regards to, like I said before, I think we'll see Swanson on him more than even San Francisco expects. And that could backfire. And uh, Kansas City may have to back out of that plan as this game goes on because Kittle will definitely uh, uh, torture Swanson if, if we catch him one-on-one in open space too many times. I dig it. I dig it. All right. Uh, any any other prop bets here for a particular players that you like? Yeah, one more player prop. This is uh, the only other one. It's kind of um, a little bit out of the ordinary. Okay. Uh, running back Darwin Thompson for the Kansas City Chiefs over four and a half yards. Okay. And it's at plus 105. There's a possibility that, you know, that he doesn't play. And uh, if that's the case, then he must play for action. You know, most sports books, if he doesn't even enter the game at all, then uh, the the bet would be voided. That's ah, another reason that nice. I do like that because uh, there is a chance he doesn't play. Now, okay. Andy Reid will definitely 100% for sure have some packages in this Super Bowl that he has not showed all year. And who will be featured in those packages or anyone's guess. I think that we could see Darwin Thompson uh, be a part of a couple special Kansas City packages, and I do believe that he'll have over five rushes and easily um, cover over four and a half, and that's also at plus 105, so there's some expected value there as well. I dig it. I dig it. So that that is awesome with the fact that if he doesn't even enter the game, that, that would void the bet. That is like... I you have to basically do that play. So I really like that a lot. Um two I guess kind of long shots that I like. Um Kendrick Bourne for the for the San Francisco 49ers. He's got very low uh totals and everything. So 23 and a half is his number uh in terms of total yards and then uh over two and a half for the catches. Now, he's plus 150 to get over two and a half catches. Bourne's a guy that's very interesting, as we all like. If you remember uh, back when the 49ers were undefeated and they lost that that uh, heartbreaking overtime game to the Seattle Seahawks, Bourne had like numerous drops in that game. But on the other hand, this is a guy who's seen a lot of targets over down the stretch in in the uh, final games of the season. Uh, do you feel like those numbers are too low, or how, how are you feeling about Bourne? Um, no, I, I, uh, kind of like. Kittle, you know, I uh, San Francisco is going to definitely have you know some stats in this game. Uh, yeah. The Chiefs' defense, uh, I do believe it's a chess match, and overall they win that chess match. But again, I don't think we see a dominant performance as we've seen before with you know San Francisco's defense this season and Baltimore's defense uh, in a couple games, and you know even the Patriots during those early times. So um, it's hard to say who on San Francisco is, is going to uh, be able to put up some numbers in the receiving game for the simple fact is, especially going off the Packers tape, uh, we haven't got to see a whole lot of San Francisco in regards to being forced to throw the ball. They've yeah. been able to run the ball uh, most of the times this year. So if I am correct and the Chiefs are able to um, really blanket that run game. Um, it is a mystery to me on what San Francisco is going to come up with in regards to a passing scheme um, to to try to get that extra guy or two out of the box. Yeah, and again, I really love what you're saying about 
you know, this whole Kansas City run defense thing. We just saw it against Derrick Henry. But again, too, I mean, you know, you're going to have to throw against the Chiefs, right? At some point in the game, you have to do it. You can't just run the ball down their throats the entire time. Like Going against Patrick Mahomes, you have to throw at some point. So, yeah, I just I, – I love some of these uh, – you know, 49ers prop bets here just because, again, again with, with the guy like Kendrick Bourne, you know, like his numbers, they're, they're paltry, you know? Like he doesn't have to do much of anything uh, in order to cover these things. And, again, I just think that the Niners are going to have to, you know, go into a different mode of playing in this one. Uh, all right, last last prop bet I want to get your opinion on. It was a – it's a it, – ridiculous long shot. You got to maybe put $10 on it being that we have two of the best tight ends in the game. Uh, I I've seen different numbers here. Plus 800 plus 900. If a tight end wins the Super Bowl MVP. Now I no tight end has ever won the MVP in Super Bowl history. And of course, recent years lead you to believe that whoever wins the quarterback is probably going to win the MVP. Uh, would you throw, like, I'm thinking about $10, $15, something like that on this one. But, uh, how do you feel about this one where a tight end would be the MVP of the Super Bowl? Well, I, I actually didn't, um, like I said, there's so many props yeah, and yeah, so many yeah. teams, so, but I didn't catch that one. But no, I, I, I would see that, uh, that's a, that's a decent bet. It's definitely something that you've brought it to my attention. I'll, I will look in into it and see if uh, it's something that I want to jump in the boat with you on. But um, <laughs> no, that's definitely um, that seems kind of promising. I think uh, you know everyone has it different, but I think Kittle maybe is ten, twelve to one for MVP, and Kelsey's somewhere between ten and fifteen to one. Um, so to package them together and get them at eight to one, I think yeah. would uh, would would definitely you know you would seem to think there is some value there. Um, it's definitely something that I'm glad you brought to my attention. I'll look into it. But now that sounds like a decent little bet. People helping people, Chris. That's, that's the way it goes well, on this podcast. I mean, all businesses and all industries are about networking and information and learning as much as you can. So, you know, I do think it's important to, to talk to people. Uh, sure. Open your eyes to something that you may not see, especially when we're talking about Super Bowl props. You know, I think I'm looking at a sheet here from uh, – the Red Rock in Las Vegas, and I'm sure that they don't have every bet option that your sports book has sure. that you may be looking at. So, and yeah, I think it's very important, especially for Super Bowl props, to communicate what we're seeing to one another. You know, the Darwin Thompson um, prop bet, the same. I don't think a lot of people have that on their radar. And uh, as you said about the tight end bet, um, I didn't really have that as being an option, but. I, I'm sure that, you know, being in Vegas, I could find it if I want it. And uh, it's a possibility of something worth looking into for sure. Yeah, yeah. So for all you guys here in the Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York area, I know you New Yorkers love to come over to, to the Garden State and place your bets. But, yeah, when you uh, yeah when you deal with these books like FanDuel and DraftKings, they're going to give you a lot of wacky stuff out there. So uh, make sure you're looking at all the nooks and crannies over there for you guys. All right. Um, I know I'm going to. Bet on the coin to us. I always do it. Tails never fails, and it has not failed. Uh, I I don't even want to get technical with it, but tails has won in five of the last six years in the coin toss. And it's interesting. I was looking at a, um, or I'm sorry, I was listening to an interview uh, last week with uh, R.J. Bell, one of the big guys out there in Vegas, and he was saying that he he had a chat one day with this like nutty professor type dude. 
And he was basically, uh, you know, going through the ins and outs of how uh, the coin for the Super Bowl is used. And, you know, typically, like, when you do a head, it's going to be very flush to the coin. Uh, there's really not a lot of weight going down on that side. But on the tails aspect of things, you know, you probably got a, a big eagle or whatever the hell's going on out there. Uh, so it adds a little more weight to the back end of the coin. And again, this explanation, it, you know, you, you can't hate it for uh, five of the last six years. But uh, any other, like, wacky prop bets that you like? Maybe like a coin toss, a national anthem, Gatorade color, anything like that? No way. <laughs> <laughs> no, you value your no. money, I see, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, there's, uh, well, you know, and, and this, I think this goes back. We have so many options. Um, for the simple fact, I would rather take, uh, you know, some pocket change and, put it on their, your tight end MVP at eight to one, um, then paying juice on a 50, 50 proposition. Uh, yeah. so I, I don't get too much in, into the special props. Um, normally I'll, I'll take my wife down to a sports book on, you know, probably tomorrow night or Saturday and I'll give her one of those cards and that's what she gets to do to fill it out. And it kind of keeps her quiet during the Super Bowl <laughs> and has her something to pay attention to. So, um, I spend that money in a, in a different way and passing that off on, on my, um, on my Super Bowl noisemaker to keep quiet. That's funny. Yeah. You know, I mean the, ta- like, so where this all started back when I was playing flag football, uh, with all my buddies, I, I always had that tails never fails mentality. So I became like the designated, uh, coin toss guy, you know, for our team. And uh, just uh, like, you know, I think we played together for like five years, but my rate of success was just tremendous going with the tails never fails theory. Uh, you know, so that was, it's funny. Like nobody, nobody ever gave a damn about me in the end zone. So I caught a lot of touchdowns and, uh, you know, I was, I was great with the, the coin toss, but, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's fun. It's a little tradition that I have every year, $50 on tails, you know, and you know, it's been great the last few. So, uh, you know, it's certainly going to keep that going, especially, you know, the fact that five of the last six years, I mean, this is essentially roulette rules, right? I mean, you gotta, you gotta go where it's at. Oh yeah, I mean you're you're starting to get into um, you know trend levels. It's worth looking into, but um, you know I think the fifty dollars on uh, maybe an MVP candidate would be uh, money better well spent. But if you have a tradition, it's working, and you're cashing tickets. Don't let anyone tell you any different. <laughs> of course. All right, so we were just talking with Chris Dawson. Uh, make sure you follow him on Twitter at Cash Gritty. Also, make sure you grab all of his picks packages. Uh, there at sportspredictor.com. Just because football is over, eh, it doesn't mean that Chris is over. He's still got plays going in basketball. And uh, I'm very excited for baseball season. I can't wait. That That's my wheelhouse there uh, with the MLB stuff right there. But uh, before we get out of here, you got to ask you the, the cliche question. Who wins and what's the, the final score, Chris? I like Kansas City to win this game. And we will call the final score being 34 to 10 Kansas City and we're going to call it 34 to 10 Kansas City and we are going to name the MVP of Damian Williams linebacker for Kansas City he's just come off his two best games of the season which are both playoff games uh, against Tennessee seven tackles and a sack against Houston, eight tackles and three sacks. 
and we are currently finding him at 350 to 1 odds. Yeah. I see uh, plus 2,500 here on, on DraftKings, but ooh, I like that. 10 points for the Niners, huh? Yep. No and respect. The back, and then the backup plan for MVP, Terrell Suggs, plus 300. I like 300 that. to 1. I like, yeah, I was kind of looking at, at Suggs' numbers here on the Profits. They're not giving them a lot of love on any of those things, but this is a big-time player, you know? I mean, this is a guy that has had some absolutely classic moments for the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, it's kind of funny to see him on a, a, in a Chiefs uniform. We all thought that was going to be the AFC Championship with the Ravens against the Chiefs, but, uh, yeah, I I think he's being very undervalued in all of this as well, so I, I dig that. Damian Williams MVP, folks. Check Damian Williams. I think, that, again, I'm, I'm the Chiefs' defense is my angle here. Uh, the offense could put up, you know, 34 or more, and, and you would think that the MVP would come from that. But if those numbers are very uh, spaced out and we see Tyreek Hill get one and Kelsey get one and maybe some run game late, then um, I think maybe we can flip it over to the defensive side and look for uh, some of these players, um, rather be Damian Williams or Suggs or, or maybe even a defensive back to to um, – to get San Francisco out of their offensive element in this second half and, and force Garoppolo throwing the ball, which could lead to strip sacks, pick sixes, um, sacks and, and anything like that. And uh, because of just the overall market value in this MVP, I think when we start looking at the Kansas city defensive players, that's where we find a good shot of some value. Yeah. It's pretty interesting there. So what was it looking at? Damien, Damian Williams, that is, okay, plus 2,500. All right, I got you. All right. All right, folks, that was Chris Dawson. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Cash Gritty. Also, go to sportspredictor.com. You can get all of Chris's best plays and the rest of the sports handicappers that we got over there. Follow us on Twitter, at PredictorHQ. Chris, it was a fantastic season of talking football with you. I'm sure we're going to be talking some hoops uh, sometime soon in the near future as well. But uh, thanks for all your insight this season. Uh, Watching all that film certainly paid off for the profitable season. Uh, Thank you very much for all your time this year. Thanks, Al. It's been a a pleasure. Enjoy the game Sunday. All right. All right, folks. Sportspredictor.com is where you find everything. Peace.